I hope you like my clickbait title and thumbnail, Captain Bucky vs. Batman. Uh, I have to say, I didn't know when uh, Batman came out because, you know, I'm a fake nerd boy. So, I went ahead and looked it up this morning, and it turns out that uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger, right? Kane and Finger, that's the guys who did it. Um, they made Batman in 1939. I think his debut issue was in March. Not 100% sure, because I just glanced at it real quick. But, yeah. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. It tickled me that this guy who's called the Black Toad looks so much like he could be Batman because he looks like Batman with a loose cowl and slightly lamer ears than the 1939 Batman had. And uh, that really tickled me. I thought it was hilarious and I wanted to uh, point that out and share it with all of you. Now, uh, I had a lot of fun reading this comic. I probably read it over um, the course of two days. Um, I read, you know, part of it, and then uh, one day, and then part of it the other day, so uh, it's not like it took me hours and hours to read, it was just that the way I went about doing it, uh, I kind of split my time with it, and <clears throat> read it in sections, I read the first story, and then I kind of took a break, and then I read the rest of them pretty quickly the next day, but uh, regardless, this was a really fun issue, this is issue number seven of Captain America Comics, and it has, you know, other stories in it that I ignore, because I'm just focusing on Cap, because he, you know, became the big guy, um, who went forward, even though, uh, out of this age, there's characters like Namor the Submariner, and then, like, the first, um, Human Torch, who, uh, get resurrected or brought back into the Marvel fold, uh, this was made under Timely Comics, I think, and then, like, Marvel on their app, they've rebranded it and put their stuff all over it, their information all over it, and just kind of claim it as their own, because, you know, it went from, I guess, because the rights transferred, I don't know, kind of weird, but whatever, that's not the point you... Uh, if you're here, you're here for this comic, uh, or a review of this comic for me to talk about it. I'm going to keep it really quick because I don't have that much time, but what I have to say isn't really, uh, substantive, uh, like, to the point where I have to, uh, in a belabored way, like, really drill down into all of the stuff in the comic. It was fun. Um, there was, uh, two issues, two of the stories, uh, for Cap'n Bucky had to do with music, which I found funny in a visual medium with no music to it, although they mention, uh, they mention how the, this one character who plays a violin, uh, or a fiddle plays these very eerie, strange sounds that if you've never heard before and you can't even imagine, so that kind of does it for you, which is good. And then the other, they mention the name of it, it's Chopin's Funeral March, which is, and if you don't know what that is, you should look it up, Chopin's Funeral March. Anyway, that's spelled C-H-O-P-I-N, like Chopin, but he was a foreigner, so... <laughs> a foreigner to whom? To me, an American. Anyway, um, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, what was even stranger was this Batman-looking guy uh, with the thugs with guns appears in an issue where they're playing baseball. Cap and Bucky are at a baseball game, and then these guys get attacked, so they end up suiting up, putting the... Brooklyn, I think it's the Brooklyn Badgers, because it used to be the Brooklyn Dodgers before they moved to L.A. Go Doyers. Uh, and uh, they dress up in the jerseys or whatever over their costumes, and it's kind of hilarious, because they just straight up play baseball for a little while. And uh, it's a very fun part of the plot. And then the rest of the issue is them using all these, like, baseball analogies for them fighting. And by them, I mean both Cap and Bucky and the narrator over it. And it's, uh, it tickled me. It was very entertaining. Lots of fun. Um, 
Oh, I forgot I have the ability to show you all these images now. Look at this badger, dude. He looks so much like freaking Batman. There's even, like, look at his cape. I mean, look at that. Bucky knocked his head off practically with that baseball he hit him with. Anyway, um, oh, I forgot to mention the red friggin' skull comes back in this issue. And uh, I'm going to assume this uh, issue doesn't feature the death of the red skull, but they tease that he died. And I think he might be a character who dies and comes back, or seems to have died and then comes back over and over and over again. And I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, you know, awesome art, this issue, of course, because, you know, it's Kirby. Uh, I'm just going to assume that Kirby's the guy who mainly drew him, because I can't get a clean answer from anybody, or a clear answer from anybody. Uh, so, Simon's the writer and main editor, and Kirby's the artist. That's what I've determined for myself, and I will stick with that until otherwise noticed. Ah, oh, wow. I did not notice before, because I was looking at it through the guided view, that each one of these circles circle panels or whatever that this professor is shown in is actually a music note turned into a window into his life and showing the passage of time and stuff before his death. And that's super neat. I really like that. Good work, sir. No wonder they called him the king. And then like, well, I'll get to that later. I also wanted to show off all the covers from, so this is the most uh, homoerotic cover I've ever seen for Captain America. Uh, he looks like the way his body's moving, like he's supposed to be swinging but it just looks like he's jumping because, oh no, there is a little bit of rope that he could be hanging on to, but I don't know. It could just be a tangent. I'm not sure, but very weird, very strange. None of this happens in the issue. Betty's not in danger like this at all. It's just a fiction, which I always am amused by. Uh, then we've got this great cover featuring the Red Skull. There he's playing his little flute or fife or whatever, and he plays the death march or the funeral march on that. Super cool. Uh, then again, we've got Unfortunately, the Badger, not the Badger, he's not the Badger, he's the Black Toad. The Black Toad doesn't look so much like Batman from this angle. I mean, he's still got the ears, he's covered in black, but it's just too drapey and loose, and it's the cowl coming across his face. Just, it doesn't quite read as a Batman ripoff, but I don't know if they did that on purpose or not, or if they were taking shots, or who knows what. Anyway, um, let me see. And there was this cover with the violinist, it's called, uh, Horror Plays the Scales? That's a great name for a story. Um... Let me see. I don't really think there was anything else I wanted to talk about in this issue except for I find it strange that like the art was so good all the way through and then in this little thing uh, written by Stan Lee, uh, like in the voice of Captain America telling about the other characters, um, Betty and uh, Sergeant Duffy uh, and others, I didn't, I didn't read the whole thing. I thought it was actually going to be on these guys, the reporter and, the, and Father Time and this, you know, Flash guy or whatever. Um, anyway. Uh, just this art is like really bad like Bucky looks terrible cap looks pretty bad these other guys look decent But you know not great, and uh, I was just really surprised by that. I wonder why that was like so phoned in or whatever um, But yeah, I like to take shots when there's stuff to take shots over uh, not just be a praise machine because you know Marvel doesn't owe me anything They give me entertainment. I give them money. It's an even exchange uh, let's see. Okay, so this white and black page is actually a reprint from the last issue. I went back to it to find the code, um, because I wanted to solve a puzzle presented on this page over here, which was at the end. It's the, uh, oh, Secret Club News. Sentinels of Liberty Secret Club News, where Cap and Bucky both address the audience, the readers of this comic magazine. And, um, it's really interesting, because in the comic... They act as if, or in these, 
like in, there's like a meta narrative to the comic book as well. So like it's still 19 by now it's seven issues in it might be like 1942 or very close to 1942. Um, Pearl Harbor happened in December 7, 1941. Uh, so gosh, let me actually go back to the uh, where's the hold on, hold on, go back, look at the actual cover. This doesn't have the sell by oh, October, so this would have still been before the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So I'll be interested to see how it's affected um, when the comics are fully in 1942, uh, if how if and how much they reflect what happened in December uh, in Hawaii, and then like part of the reason I I wonder how long that'll take to get into effect because in this issue at the end of it uh, in the letter where they're talking to the fans, Cap here. Uh, in the club news section says like hey I've you know he's already talking about the preview for or something for next week happening or not, not next week but next month next issue so uh, I wonder just how far in advance they were working and how long it'll it'll take to get the impact of Pearl Harbor anyway which is interesting because like by issue four or five they were, had already gone to a base in Hawaii you know in the Pacific so I don't know what Japan was doing or uh, how quickly they started uh, fighting I don't know all the world history stuff so I can't really talk to that but anyway uh, getting back to my point before I distracted myself I find it fascinating that there's this whole meta narrative thing that inside the pages of the comic book um, Bucky and Cap are talking to the audience as if Bucky and Cap are real people and that they're really doing these things that they're really having these adventures and as if the Sentinels of Liberty are an actual force. I don't know if perhaps the Sentinels of Liberty formed some sort of actual group because Cap sets up like an incentive structure for like a multi-level marketing thing. Like you can become a captain if you've got 15 people under you and if two of them do really great things, you can have a commendation and be promoted to general and just a lot of stuff that's really fascinating. And I'm just wondering how, uh, wondering what purpose that served and how that like, you know, I'm not going to talk about propaganda again, but how taking these characters and making a meta-narrative, putting them outside of the story of the comics, how that affected the reception of the characters and how they sat within, uh, you know, the psyche of the populace afterwards, because um, Captain America is an enduring character uh, based on the Marvel movies. Now Bucky is more of an enduring character, uh, even though he's very different from his comics origin. Um, but it's just fascinating to me. Uh, that there's a story outside of the comics and a story outside of the fake stories being told. There's other fake stories that are supposed to be real and I don't know, like were they really encouraging kids to help the war effort and did they help somehow? Did they collect tin cans? Did they, uh, you know, convince their parents to buy bonds? And, and I'm sure it wasn't just kids who were part of the Sentinels of Liberty, but it feels like it was pushed towards children. And again, not to be... Uh, dwelling on this, but it just kind of reminded me of the Hitler Youth again. Like, I think I've mentioned that before. Like, this militarized group of children um, reminds me of the evil done with children being militarized and collectivized into a unit against another nation and, like, just how bad that can be. Uh, and I'm not saying it's always evil. I'm just saying how bad it can be and how bad we've seen it be throughout history. And just, I don't know how all that function is really fascinating to me. And I'm not imputing anybody's character or trying to uh, say Kirby or Simon or Timely or anybody at the time was a bad person. It's just really interesting. And, you know, um, when there's a war on, uh, people change, people act differently, and they're willing to sacrifice principles or uh, mores or just do things they weren't comfortable with before because it's a life and death matter. And just kind of observing that and how interesting that is, especially in retrospect. Um, that's really all I have to say for now. Uh, I've got a new logo for Swinging Through Comics, so if you're checking out the uh, audio-only version, you'll see it. It's uh, got a purple 
<clears throat> man who's swinging through comics uh, on some sort of thread. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and give you my spiel as I'm getting out of here. I really like this comic. Uh, let me know. Let me know what. I don't really have any questions for you, uh, except for if you can answer who the heck did the art consistently. Was it Kirby or was it Simon or what? Because the credits given to them say that art and editorial was done by both of them. So, I don't know. See? There's the credit right there. Art and editorial by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Just, shouldn't it be Jack Kirby and Joe Simon if Jack Kirby's the artist and Joe Simon is the editor? Because that's, I, I don't know. I also find it really weird that Red Skull's hands are green. They're not gloves, they're green, gross, decaying flesh hands uh, and a Red Skull, and that just seems like an odd choice to me. Anyway, uh, thank you for sticking with me. Check out mgmoonish.com for more of my work. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee, or you can buy merch from my Redbubble store. Swing Through Comics can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mgmoonish.com slash STC. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you if you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to catch me next time. I'm Swinging Through Comics, and I just wanted to quickly go over two things. One is my other podcast, and then two, I'm actually going to take you to the Redbubble website so you can see the new Captain America item that I put up there. So I've got Swinging Through Comics, which I'm on right now. This is the old album. I'll put the new album art soon. Uh, Going Ultra is about Ultraman. Ultraman is a tokusatsu hero from Japan from 1967, maybe? He's getting a Marvel comic, so I will be discussing that here. Uh, I've discussed his Netflix show, uh, which is just called Ultraman, uh, which I think will be getting a second season in April of 2020, or so this month. Uh, then I have also talked about, did a whole podcast series on King of Hearts, Queen of Sorrows, or on Mobile Fighter G Gundam called King of Hearts, King, uh, Queen of Sorrows. I think it's a really great show. I enjoyed talking about it. Uh, and you might enjoy listening to me talk about it. Uh, then there's uh, MD Loves Toku, where I talk about ongoing Kamen Rider. I'm in the midst of Kamen Rider Zero One right now. After that show's over, I have different plans for uh, covering Kamen Rider because the original season of Kamen Rider, all the way from 1971, uh, is now available for the first time ever in the U.S. streaming. Uh, and it's beautiful. Um, with Swinging Through Comics, I publish uh, reviews of the Clone Wars and other you know, topical Star Wars things. I'm trying to figure out exactly how to turn that into its own independent podcast called MJ Loves Star Wars, where I just talk about Star Wars exclusively. Um, and then uh, there's another writer cast where I sample all the Heisei era common writers from Kuga to Zio. If you know what common writer is, then you'll know what I'm talking about. And uh, yeah, anyway, you can check that out. It's Karate Bugmen, they fight evil. Uh, they do it sometimes on motorcycles, sometimes not, and it's interesting because they have really neat designs. Uh, I'm going to pause for a moment, and then I'm going to go ahead and show you the website uh, where you, you can see uh, my Redbubble store, the, the merch that's on there, specifically the cap stuff. Okay, so here we go. Here's my Redbubble store. I'm just going to scroll over. You can see some of my other items. I'll scroll over to the Captain America design I've put on here and uh, let you see it and uh, show you how it looks on the different things. Is this... Oh yes, shield shower curtain. <laughs> so this is inspired by Captain America. You don't have to get a shower curtain. That's silly. Why would I try to force you to get a shower curtain? I'm going to show you. Uh, I've got it available on a bunch of different things. Let's see. Also available on. There should be an option here where it shows me. I don't want to see similar designs. I want to see all what I can get this on. So anyway, it's. I think it's cool. Uh, it reads like this. You can get it on a sticker, on a shirt, on a, as a poster. It reads, uh, defend the weak from the strong. Fight for freedom and equality. Unite against tyranny. It says in the middle, sacrifice, patriotism, honor, courage. Or courage, honor. And I think it's pretty neat. Um, let me go ahead and... Oh, here we go. Show it on all 74 uh, plus available products. So here it is on different styles of t-shirts. Um, I'll show you a hoodie. Uh, this lady's wearing a hoodie. 
I'll show it to you on a dress next, um, if I can find it. Uh, so there's different types of hoodies, different shirts. Uh, there's a couple, uh, there's a t-shirt dress that you can get it on. Um, you can get it on leggings if you're a lady, you can get it on an A-line style dress. There's lots of different things you can get this design on. I made, I wanted to make sure it looked good on white and black and you, know, you can put it on any color you want. Uh, especially in the t-shirts, you can pick different colors to put it on. And I think it's pretty cool. So, anyway, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, I'm going to keep doing designs like this because I enjoy doing the design work. And if people want to buy them, they'd be great. Somebody just bought one of my Kamen Rider just on a sticker the other day, which was uh, pretty cool. Pretty pleasing to me. So anyway, that's all I have to say. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. So until next time, folks, take care.